May we speak only your word this day, O Lord, and proclaim your gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning. Um, my name is David Benna, and I'm here with my wife, Mary Ellen. Uh, we have been friends with the Gauses for many years, and uh, we're mainly here to uh, help him celebrate his 50th anniversary as a priest. Uh, I function as a bishop, and for those of you who may be new to that, a, a bishop is kind of a biblical um, term, one who exercises oversight, uh, usually over a number of congregations. And um, some years back, uh, Ron and Joanne were um, the leaders of a congregation that I kind of watched over for a while. Uh, a bishop uh, takes care of clergy. He encourages congregations. And once in a while, he has to exercise some discipline. Never had to do that with Ronald Gauss, I'll tell you. <laughs> Hard to believe. <laughs> but I would like to just talk about the gospel today, if that's okay. Uh, this is the feast of the baptism of Jesus. My baptism, I don't remember when it was. I was not really cognizant of the whole thing. Um, and I, I have a certificate somewhere that says when I was baptized. With Jesus, there was no question about it. All four Gospels proclaim his baptism. Now, the, the problem we have is we equate the baptism of Jesus with our own baptism, and that's kind of a problem. When uh, We're going to get into the text for a minute, but I need to kind of set the table. When Jesus was baptized. Well, when we are baptized, there are usually a couple things happen. Uh, one, uh, symbolically and theologically, we are washed, we use water, washed from the stain of original sin. That's one thing that happens. And the second thing that happens is we're welcomed into the kingdom of God, right? So most of us have gone through that. It's a, a wonderful experience. It, it comes uh, with an acknowledgement of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Okay? So we got that part. Now, here's the problem if we equate that with Jesus. Number one, did he need to get freed from the stain of original sin? Nada. Nothing about that. Okay. Second, did he have to get ushered into the kingdom of God? He was the king. So this baptism that he uh, went through was something else. And that's where we get into the text of today's gospel lesson. It says, Jesus came to John at the Jordan. Okay, this was John the Baptist. And we know that the Baptist was not his last name. And Baptist was not his denomination. <laughs> John the Baptist had a role. His role was to be a prophet for the coming of the Messiah. And he was preparing the people. He had to call people to repentance. Uh, you know, probably before you came to church, you got ready, you kind of cleaned up to come and worship God. Well, that's what John was calling the people to do. Get yourself cleaned up. Repent. The Messiah is coming presently. Now, hardly anybody expected 
the Messiah to come. It's kind of like us today. We're waiting for Jesus to return the second coming. How many people think it's going to happen before lunch today? No, we really don't think it's happening. <laughs> or at least not till after my next promotion. But John knew the Messiah was coming presently. And so when Jesus came down to the Jordan, that's where John was baptizing people, he, it doesn't say in the text, but in a sense he was saying to John, baptize me. John knew that was a problem. So John says to him, wait a minute, tables are turned here. You should baptize me. And Jesus said, in a, in a sense, don't sweat it. Let's just live in the act of righteousness. And so what was Jesus doing when he was baptizing? A number of things. One was, he was in solidarity with human beings, right? We're going to talk about how he was a man in a minute. He was in solidarity with the human, with the human beings. He was around. He went into the water as everyone else was. He was, in a sense, proclaiming the inauguration of his ministry of Messiahship. Up until that time, what had been, what had been his profession? He was a carpenter. He ran a business. People complained about his workmanship. I mean, he was, just, he was a normal person running a business. And suddenly he inaugurated a whole new ministry. Messiah. And so this baptism is really important to us. That's why all four of the gospel writers mention his baptism. Well, when he was baptized, interesting things happened. So he goes in the water, he's baptized. As he's coming out, this bird comes and lights on him. Now, I don't usually like that to happen to me. Sometimes we go in these little bird sanctuaries and the birds come and land on your shoulder. That's okay. I'm always kind of careful. But this dove came and lit on Jesus. Well, did Jesus not know that he was the Messiah until that moment? No, he knew he was Messiah. He'd always known he was the Messiah. The Messiah was the anointed one, the one who would bring in the kingdom of God to save human beings, right? He knew that about himself. John wasn't quite so sure. So when the dove came, the dove was what we call the Holy Spirit. God, the power element, lighting on him to say, you got it. Go for it. Okay? And then we heard the voice from heaven. Who's the voice from heaven? God the Father. So we get the Trinity in action for the first time in the Scriptures. God the Father proclaims His Son to be the one who will save humankind. God the Son, fully God and fully man, proclaims Himself to be the Messiah. And God the Holy Spirit says, I'll give you the power to do it. That's what God's been doing ever since, by the way. The Holy Trinity has been touching your life and giving you power. Um, a lot of us live in an, an 
anemic Christianity, you know, anemic. We don't think there's any power. Or we say there is. We not, we're not too much into the healing Christ. When God wants us to, to believe in the healing Christ, it doesn't matter what denomination you are, Jesus wants to heal you. So that's where we see this Trinity in action, and that action comes to every one of us. Uh, it happened to me, I, well, until I was in my 20s, I had no real relationship with, with God. I mean, I always went to church. I said my prayers, but it was like I was talking on a telephone and there was nobody at the other end of it. I mean, I, well, I never even checked to see if there was anybody on the end of it because I didn't think there was anybody there. And it was not until a, a fellow Marine, in good Marine fashion, said, get on your knees and say you're sorry and then accept Christ. Any Marines in here? Yeah, that's the way we, that's the way we do things, right? Um, well, Christ came into my life. I did get on my knees. I did confess my sinful nature, and I did invite Jesus Christ to become the Lord of my life. It's made all the difference. It happened 55 years ago. Step by step, he's working on me. I'm a slow work in progress. But he's had me. He called me. He called me to eternity. And guess what? Today he calls you. Uh, that's the beauty of Christianity. Today is the first day of your life in Christ. So we're going to have just a, a, a moment of silent reflection, and then I'm going to say a prayer on our behalf, on your behalf, and give you a chance, if you want to uh, repent, to turn away from that which has been making you anemic, and then receive Jesus again. This can be the first time for you, or it can be the, the thousandth time for you to invite Jesus back into your heart. So let, I'm going to sit down, we're going to have just a moment of silence while you invite him in, and then I'll say the prayer for us. Blessed Lord God, you call us to, to you. We stumble and we sin. But we're here today because you brought us. You want to do business with us, and so we repent and we turn our business over to you. We move from the seat of CEO down to the end of the table and invite you to take over. We, in fact, are thrilled that you will take over. Come, Lord Jesus.
come and rule our lives that we might be yours. Father, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I have to say this. Wait, there's more. Okay, uh, Ron is going to renew his ordination vows that he made 50 years ago. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you, Jeff, for allowing that to happen. And um, I bring you greetings from Archbishop Foley and uh, Bishop Frank. Um, they know about this congregation and they're excited for you. What's going on? Uh, Frank, I talked to Frank more than I talked to Foley. Uh, Foley, you, you start to talk and he's over here. Where'd he go? He's got six jobs. Uh, but uh, Frank sits down and talks. And uh, so he said, what a wonderful job your rector is doing and uh, what a great witness you are giving. So Ron, you are hitting 50. Again. Again. <laughs> January 1973. I looked it up. What a year that was, 73. You know, do you know what the, the, the leading song of that year was? You're so vain, I'll bet you think this song is about you. Don't you? Don't you? Carly Simon, wasn't that a great year? Yep. There are some other things. The main haircut worn by people was the shag. No, I wore a crew cut. You, you had a crew cut. Me, I did too. Okay. I had hair. Now, since we're... <laughs> that was 50 years ago. Um, now, being Huntsville, the Skylab was launched. It hung around up there for about five, six years. Um, the best picture of the year, The Godfather. Oh, wow. Well, I know about that. You're from Chicago. That's yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Some other things. When you went to put gasoline in your car, you paid 39 cents a gallon, and you thought it was outrageous. Yeah, yeah it had been 19, exactly. And your median income was $12,000 a year. 8,000. Yours was, you got eight. I had eight also that year, but I had a housing allowance. When, okay, I had a rec. I had a. a you had a rectory. You yeah. had to live in. Um, uh, if you bought a house in 1973, the median cost was twenty-nine thousand nine hundred dollars. Just about. Whew, things have changed. Now a couple of other things. Roe v. Wade was passed mm. and destroyed our lives for years. Watergate started the trial. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It brought down Richard Nixon. The Paris Peace, all these things happened in 1973. <laughs> the Paris Peace Accords, ending the ground troops in Vietnam and the return of US POWs. Mm. What rank were you then? Were you a captain? I was a captain. Captain. And you had been blown away in Vietnam? Yeah. Got Purple Heart from that? I used to be six foot five, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and because of this, I have noticed that we are in Alabama. Right. 
the University of Alabama, do you think they played in a bowl game that year? I don't know. Yes, they always are in a bowl game. <laughs> so they played Texas in the Cotton Bowl and lost. Oh. oh. Hmm. And finally, Ronald Gauss was made a priest. Hmm. Ruined the Episcopal Church. Yes, they, they were sorry about that after. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, I'm glad you found your way. Well, so 50 years, and I bring greetings also from your friend Bishop Julian and from Bishop Dan Herzog mm -hmm. and from the, the healer priest, Nigel Mumford. They oh, all Nigel. wanted me to mention uh, their names to you today. Well, we have ordination vows. These are the ones he took many, 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 many years ago. So I'm going to lead you in these vows if you would like to recite them for me. I will. Okay. Ronald, are you persuaded that the Holy Scriptures contain all doctrine required as necessary for eternal salvation through faith in Jesus Christ? And are you determined out of the said scriptures to instruct the people committed to your charge and to teach nothing as necessary to eternal salvation, but that which you shall be persuaded may be concluded and proved by the scriptures? I did then, and I now am persuaded and have so determined by God's grace. Will you then give your faithful diligence always so to minister the doctrine and sacraments and the discipline of Christ as the Lord hath commanded, and as this church hath received the same, according to the commandments of God, so that you may teach the people committed to your cure and charge with all diligence to keep and observe the same. I will do so by the help of the Lord. Will you be ready with all faithful diligence to banish and drive away from the church all erroneous and strange doctrines contrary to God's word, and to use both public and private monitions and exhortations, as well as to the sick as to the whole, within your cures, as need shall require and occasion shall be given. That's what got excommunicated from the Episcopal Church. <laughs> well, you were following the ordination vows. Yes, I will, the Lord be my helper. Will you be diligent in prayers and in reading the Holy Scriptures and in such studies as help to the knowledge of the same, laying aside the study of the world and the flesh? I will endeavor so to do, the Lord being my helper. Will you be diligent to frame and fashion your own self and your family according to the doctrine of Christ and to make both yourself and them as much as within you lieth wholesome examples and patterns to the flock of Christ. I will apply myself thereto, the Lord being my helper. Will you maintain and set forwards as much as lieth in you quietness, peace, and love among all Christian people, and especially among them that are and shall be committed to your charge? I didn't know any better then. I know. I will so too, the Lord being my helper. And finally, will you reverently obey your bishop and other chief ministers who, according to the canons of the church, may have the charge and government over you, following with a glad mind and will their godly admonitions and submitting yourself to their godly judgments? 
the military taught me what a false order was. Yes. And I didn't have to buy, obey false commands. But yes. I will so do, the yes. Lord being my helper. Yes. A little commentary. We have been through theological wars. And Ron has paid the price to stay faithful to the Lord. And he knew when an unlawful order was given him by a bishop. Mm. He is one of our heroes. <laughs> so let us pray. Oh, there. <laughs> Almighty God, he has given you the will to do these things. Grant also to you strength and power to perform the same, that he may accomplish his work which he hath begun in you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Once again, praise God and thank you thank for your you. service. He was my bishop. <laughs> I did not give him any ungodly admonitions. No, that's right. <laughs>